Amen? All right, I'm going to open with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation. And I just want to set a tone for us today. I have, uh, yeah, I'm trying really hard to follow you, Lord. Is that okay? By the way, recently, I was standing right here about this time in a service, and I felt a hand on the, my back, in the middle of my back, push me. And you can do that again if you want, Lord. And it, it uh, yeah, it caught me off guard. I'm ready for it now. I'm prepared for it. Uh, I also, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Sarah had uh, got a song of the Lord, just out of, not out of the blue, right? But wasn't searching for it, seeking for it. But she began to play, and the Lord was giving her keys to hit on the keyboard. She didn't even know what she was playing, and she didn't even know what key, what what timing she was in. The band was tr- trying to you know, join in, and she realized that all the different instruments were were trying, but they were all on different timings, and it still worked. And it was the song. It was the song of the Lord. The Lord was giving her, and that had that ever happened to you before, Sarah? Yeah. And I'd never seen that happen to someone on a keyboard. Doesn't mean it hasn't happened, but it hadn't happened here. So there was a sound that was being released, and I thought it was very cool. And then uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, some of our young people that had just gone to uh, RevCon conference. They came up and spoke, and it was powerful. If you weren't here, you need to go back and, and, and listen to their testimony. It was really, really good. And when that was going on, I was sitting there, and I smelt this all of a sudden just this super sweet, strong aroma. And I thought one of you ladies had just or did the roll-on thing or something. I immediately looked around, and all of you were just staring straight ahead. No, no one was... No one was doing anything. And I turned around to Tabitha, who was behind me, and I said, do you smell that? She says, no. And I was like, how can you not smell that? I turned back around, then it went away. So I thought, well, okay. Someone was pulling the, they they were perfuming up. And then about two, five minutes later, I smelt it again. And that's when I realized I was, I was smelling, I was smelling heaven. And I think that's pretty neat. Because I'm going to tell you something, it smelled really good. If you could put that in a bottle, you'd all want it. I'm telling you. So we've heard a sound. I've had a, a physical touch, touch me that I wasn't expecting. I thought someone was pranking me, perhaps. But they weren't. It was Holy Spirit. And then a smell. And then last week I was told that someone saw a shadow behind me when I was preaching. I didn't see it. Maybe you didn't see it. But two people said they both saw it. And then if I moved over here, it moved as well. And so I'm telling you all this because Jesus is here when we come together. His angels are here with us. And it's not goofy to expect him to show us his glory. We've been praying for it, singing about it, asking for it. Why would he not want to do that? I want to raise your expectation of what God is doing. Because as we become comfortable with that, guess what? When you leave here and go somewhere else, now he knows. He has your attention. Now he knows. He can maybe just show up at your work without you getting fired, without you being the the goofy zealot, just because he shows up, not you show up in his name. 
So here's the, here's the verse I want to start with today. Verse 5, chapter 4, 2 Corinthians, in the Passion Translation. We don't preach ourselves, but rather the Lordship of Jesus Christ. For we are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let brilliant light shine out of darkness, is the one who cascaded this light into us. The brilliant dawning light of the glorious knowledge of God as we gaze into the face of Jesus Christ. One of our parts of our, our motto, our purpose statement is to be light. And uh, there's plenty of darkness in the earth. And you notice that at home, you don't, you don't have to, when you walk into a dark room, you don't, you don't have to do something to usher the dark out except turn the light on. And it instantly leaves. And I'm telling you, it's time for the church, not just lift, for the church to flip the switch and turn on the light. I'm a, I, who, some people are Trekkies. Some people are Star Wars people. How many are Star Wars? Raise your hand. Let's take a vote. Okay, okay, okay. How many are Star Trek? Okay. Ooh, big minority there. Okay, I'm both. I'm one of those crazy people. And I have watched every Star Trek. Is that Mark back there? Hey, Mark, come up here for a second. Come up here. I didn't know you were here. This is Mark Emmons, all the way from Belize. Camp Seconza. How are you, my brother? I am excellent. I'm well, excellent. give us a quick report. What's going on? God is blessing. I mean, I've seen him. It ain't on. I'm not on. No, 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 no. no. There you go. Hey. <laughs> the fire I see here, it's still not on. Turn, anyway. turn on his mic, please. Hey, hey, hey. Yes, yes. Hello, 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 hello. Still not on. Still not on. That's me. Hello. There, there it's on. Go. Okay. The fire I've seen here. <laughs> what is going the on? The fire I've seen here is phenomenal. Yeah. You guys, I really appreciate the prayers you've given me over the past seven years. It's just been it's great. Right. The testimonies you guys have had up here, testimonies you guys have had up here, the world is hunger, yeah. hungry for all this. Right. I am just so glad to be part of what you guys pray for down there. Amen. As he sends me out. Yeah. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Stretch your hands out up here at Mark. Camp Seconza, they've built a camp in the middle of a jungle. An actual jungle. Where we, were, we went down and helped them put up a fence. Yep. And as we went the perimeter, because that's where you put fences. As we did the perimeter, I couldn't figure out how it was uphill every direction that we went. At some point, it's got to go downhill, right? It was crazy. And they said, don't touch this tree over here. Don't touch that plant right there. And those are not uh, what you, those are not, those are actually ant things. Don't do anything with those. And if you step on that, it's going to go through your shoe and through your foot. And it's like. <laughs> that hedge of protection. Yeah. Was put around that camp. It's still there. Yeah. Well, Father, we just pray for Mark and Dana and their kids. And we know that uh, with, uh, he has given much, much is required. And I know they still sense that. They still feel that, that requirement. And yet your yoke is easy. Your yoke is easy, you said. You said, take my yoke because it's easy. 
And it doesn't seem easy sometimes, God, but it's your yoke. And I just pray, Father, that they would continue to receive partners, those that would come around them financially and spiritually. And Lord, that the the fruit that you have already set aside, that you've already uh, captivated, that God, they would walk in it in fullness. Pray for their health. I pray for their finances. And I pray for the anointing of Holy Spirit to bring healing, to bring change where change is what you are desiring. And God, I just pray that they would have favor with the government, favor with the officials, favor with the police. And we curse COVID there, just like we do here. We curse COVID. We curse the virus. And we say, you will not take them down again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Glad you're here. Glad I saw you hiding out over there. So, back to Trekkies or Star Wars. I have watched every Star uh, every Star Wars, but I've watched every Star Trek thing, episode that's out there. And even the new one, there's a new one out called Star Trek Discovery. And they've made some additions to what you may know if you're familiar at all with Star Trek. They have a new drive called a uh, spore drive. And so they just don't go warp somewhere. They go black alert, and the ship spins around, and it instantly goes many, many light years. It's a, it's a brand, brand new thing. They got to do something. People aren't going to watch it, right? So it's a new thing. But another upgrade that they've had that is interesting to me is their transporter system. See, Star Trek doesn't have a tra- transporter. I mean, Star Wars doesn't have a transporter. You know what a transporter is, right? where they stand there and they disappear and then they go somewhere else and then they get re-put back together. You know, I would not want to be the first person that did that, would you? I mean, what if, you know, let the dog go first, right? Somebody. But their new one that they have now, this new transport that they have, it's like this, and they're gone. It's none of this, and they're gone. And time after time after time after time, throughout the history of the whole Star Trek genre, there have been people, good people, that are in a dangerous situation, and they're about to get shot with a phaser or an explosion or or whatever. They're in a shuttle, and it's breaking apart, and, and the transporter technician is trying to get them. I got him. I think I got him. And then their thing blows up, and they're like, oh, did you get him? And then they show up on the pad. You know, of course, they're smoking and fall on the ground. Yeah, we got him, Captain. We got him. Time and time again, that transporter is, 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 the, is the Savior, if you will. Well, the Lord spoke to me this morning in prayer. We pray here at 930 every Sunday morning before church. And we were praying, and there was such a strong anointing on our prayer today. And someone came up and confirmed that to me. And, uh, and, and, and when we were praying, I heard the Lord say that I am on an extraction mission of people out of darkness. I'm on an extraction mission, not just at, at the event, the psychic fair, but on a day-to-day basis. And, and, and I think, and that, that reminded me of that, 
of that transporter thing that they have in this new Star Trek to where someone is in the kingdom of darkness and zap, and they're not anymore. They're gone. They're removed from that, from that danger. They may not be physically gone to our eyes, but there's a spiritual thing that happens. God is on an extraction mission. Will you help me? That's what I heard him say. Will you help me? I'm thinking, well, Lord, you don't, you don't, you don't need my help. How, how, do you, how do you need my help? Well, I noticed that in that show, someone's on the controls of the, of the teleporter. I also noticed that uh, sometimes people have to be in the right place. They have, they have to be where they can be extracted. But God's powerful, and he can do what he wants to do wherever he wants to do. So I want you to think about this verse. Let brilliant light shine out of darkness. Let brilliant light shine out of darkness. This Tuesday night, last Tuesday night, we have a thing called Tuesday Conversations here at Lyft, and it's at 6.30 to 8. You're welcome to come. Uh, we'll pick a, a piece of, of Scripture, and we'll talk about it. We'll just talk about it. And it's not, a, it's not really a teaching time. It's, not, it's, a, it's a discovery time where people can read, and they, we can discover, say, well, what do, you, what do you think about that? No one's, you know, dominating Try real hard not to people, you know, anyone just dominate what's going on. We just let it be organic and to flow. And this week we were we were in a, on a piece of scripture that was uh, that was interesting and it was good. And Grant got so excited; he was so excited because it talked about grace. And I want to talk about that for a minute. There is so much more beyond coming here on a Sunday. That's not enough. Is that enough for you? There is so much more that God has in store for us. And, and we're, we're not going to experience it coming every Sunday and hoping, you know, it's, it's, it's going to get better or going to, work out for me or there's just so much more and you know why some people don't go to church anymore because they've been they've been they came they came okay what what about that what about it there's so much more i want more do you want more I want something real. And it's far above just me yapping up here and telling you stuff from my small perspective that God has given me. There's more. And it only comes. It's only going to come through Holy Spirit. It's only going to come through God's presence. It's only going to come through you and I together. Remember when Jesus showed up before he had even called the disciples and they had been fishing all night long. Their livelihood was on the line. The chosen does a really good depiction of that particular incident. 
And he shows up and they're done. They're coming in. They're pulling in their gear. They're done. They're through. There's people sitting here right now. They're done with church. You're done. And I get it. And they don't know who Jesus is. And Jesus says, catch anything? Nope. Throw, throw your net on the other side. And they said, hey, we've been fishing. We are fishermen. We know fishing. We've been working this a long time. If we don't catch fish, we don't eat. We don't have food. We don't have clothes. We don't have things for our houses and our families. We know what we're doing. I'm telling you, they're not biting. They're not here. There's no fish right now. Remember that story when they were getting attacked about paying taxes? And Jesus said, okay. He said, okay. Well, go fish. And the first fish you catch, look in his mouth. And, and there'll be a coin there. He also said, "Who's because who, they were asked, do we have, you know, at one point he was asked, do we have to pay taxes? And I was like, yeah, say no. Say no, Jesus. And he took a coin and said, whose picture's on the coin? They said, Caesar. He said, well, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And give to God what is God's. But he tells them to go catch a fish. They caught a fish, opened it up, pulled a coin out, and said, there, that'll pay the taxes. Kind of makes me want to go fishing. How about you? So, Obviously, obviously, it's a very natural event. We have fished all night, and we didn't catch anything. And he says, throw the net on the other side. You know the story. They threw the net on the other side, and what happened? Did they catch any? Did they catch a few? A couple? Or a whole freaking net full? Okay, I mean, so bad that it's like pulling the boat down. They yell, come over here. The other boat come over and help. And they, they, they drug these fish in. And it was at that point that Jesus said, if you follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Do you think he meant that only for the disciples? Or do you think he was setting a policy for what kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven might be? that we were to wait on Jesus to do everything, or we were to step in and do what he is not here to do anymore. Which one could that be? Is it possible that we could be fishers of men? Do we have to be such a, a spiritual person that we're able to go to a psychic fair and use terminology to get people to accept and receive the one true God? through You say, well, I could never do that. I could never do that. I mean, Robert's wearing a turban and his, all of his Indian stuff. He's got the gear. I'm sure he's got Grant wearing that stuff too. But see, you sell yourself short. He's not asking you to go to the psychic fair. He's asking you to be Christ and let light shine through you everywhere you are right now, not just here. Just talking about it amongst ourselves is not enough. You're not fulfilled. And you can, you know, some people, not you guys, but some people hop from church 
church to church. I go to conferences, get a conference. Because, man, if I, if I get, I, I, you know, back, hairs on the back of my neck stood up at that one. That one was so good. Ooh, did you feel that? That was so good. And then when it kind of wanes a little bit, you go to find, find it somewhere else. And God's not, God's not, man, he is in a hurry. I want you to understand. He's in a hurry to reach people. He has extraction points ready for them. But we got to be there. We got to get them to that place. We got to be at the right place at the right time. And you don't have to know what that is. But you got to be activated. You need to be activated. I turn these fans on every time because when it gets like this, the building doesn't know if it's going to be cold or hot. And so we smother for a bit until everything gets settled. And then the winter, we freeze. So I come and turn these fans on, and they're pretty good fans, but I've noticed they don't do nothing until I activate them. I have to turn them on, and there's several little buttons you got to do to figure it out. Every time, I look, they're all different, too. And I look at them, I go, what? Which one does that? And I'm a techie. I was like, what? I know one of these does something. And get, and get them going. They have to be activated. They're great fans. You're a great source of light. But you got to be willing to be activated. Then another time, there was another whole fishing thing. Amazing. It was very much, very similar to the first one, except this time, Jesus has been crucified. That would put a damper on your, on your life. The disciples, man, they, 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 they stood away. Remember Peter? One of the guards saw him at a distance away from what was going on with Jesus when they were, he was, you know, getting ready to be crucified and all the crowds were all crazy. They said, you were with him. I don't know what you're talking about. Pretty sure you were with him. I think I saw him. No, I was not with him. I don't know him. I know, woman says, I know you're with him. And he goes, blankety blank, blank, I wasn't with the guy. Do you remember that? At the day of Pentecost, after Jesus had been crucified, after he had risen, after he told them to go wait, go wait, and they were waiting in the upper room, 50 days, Peter stood up fearlessly after that experience, after, after fire of God fell upon them, and they didn't have to, they didn't have to say, come here, I'm gonna light your head on fire. I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you receive the fire. They didn't have to do anything but just receive and be activated. They were activated. And Peter comes out and he begins to speak. And he stood there fearlessly, without an iPad, without a worship team without a monitor in front of him, without a microphone, and spoke to a crowded city of people from all over, multiple areas. And they all heard them praising God in their own language, and they couldn't figure out what was going on. Of course, some people assumed they were drunk. They might have been drunk on the spirit, but they weren't drunk on wine. And he gets up, and everybody, and they listen. And he preached, and he said, this is what the, the, the prophet Joel prophesied about. 
And then he went on and didn't say anything about fire. He didn't say anything about wind blowing. He didn't say anything about all these things that they had just had happen to them in the upper room. But he said, you crucified him. And he's the one. And they were cut to the core. The light of God was shining through him in a powerful, powerful way. And they said at the end of his little speech, and I, I say little, it was one of the most powerful speeches ever. He, he, he was a preacher that day. They said, oh, what must we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized. And repent means really at its root form to turn, turn around and face God once again. Repent. Repent. Don't, don't do a dance. Don't, don't do your penance. Don't do a hundred Hail Marys. Don't do all these other things. Just repent. Turn around and face him again. And as a sign of that, get baptized. They, they took baptism very, very seriously because it was a public thing. And it said, I'm no longer following the way, the Judaic ways as a Jew. It was a serious break to your family, to everything. It was, a, it was a big deal. It still is a big deal. If you haven't been baptized, you haven't been immersed, I want you to go to lift.churchcenter.com and sign up because we're getting ready to have a baptism service. Maybe you did as a child and you just don't remember much about it. Man, it's time to proclaim again, once again. And so they did that day. Thousands and thousands of people repented and got baptized. They didn't have tanks like we have a blow-up tank. They didn't have little pools. They didn't have they, they used horse troughs and every place they could gather water. They didn't even have running water. Come on, who, who are we kidding? And they baptized thousands of people who repented that day. It's a good thing they had a good church structure. It's a good thing they had a good organization. They didn't have that either. You know what they had? They had people like you and me who were just ready, ready to receive what God was doing. They were ready to receive the fish that were caught in the net. So Jesus has died. He has risen before Pentecost. That same, that same Peter who was so fearless on the day of Pentecost denied Jesus three times the night he was crucified. After he was risen, Peter looked at the other guys and said, I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing. This is before Pentecost, before all these people. He said, I'm going fishing. You know what that means? That means he didn't know what else to do, so he was going to go back and do what he always did. I'm going fishing. And guess what happened? While they were out in the boat, they didn't catch squat. Which they, asked, they must have had that happen a lot. That must have been a normal thing. They didn't want it to be, but I'm sure they had times where they just didn't catch a lot of fish. They didn't catch fish, and someone yells at them from the shore and says, did you catch any fish? And they said, nope, nada, nothing, nil, zip, zilch. And that someone was Jesus. He said, throw the net on the other side. And they did. And they caught buku fish. As soon as that happened, one of the disciples turned to Peter and said, it's the Lord. And Peter hopped up. He had had his 
outer clothes off. I don't think he was naked, but he wrapped something around himself because he had something off. And he took off running in that water. He may have run on top of the water. And the Bible just doesn't say that, but he got there so quick. And the others followed with the boat. And in that short period of time, because Peter knew it was the Lord, you know, maybe he just didn't look the same because he was no, you know, he was now resurrected. But by the time they got there, and I couldn't have been very long at all, Jesus already had a fire and fish cooking. Throw it on that side, fire and fish cooking. And he said, bring some of your fish and throw them on my fire. So when Peter was asked at other times, I'm sure, later on, are you sure, Jesus? Are you sure? Oh, I'm sure he's alive. How are you so sure? Listen, I don't know about you. I don't know what you've been through, but I know this. I had breakfast with him this morning. He's alive. So why am I saying all of this? Because here's what I think. I think that when you have a net with a hole in it, fish escape. You ever seen them do those dominoes where they do a big pattern, stand them up on end, and then they kick that first one, and you hope the cat doesn't come in and accidentally hit it and knock the whole thing down? They take hours to do these things, days even. And you hit that first domino, and it goes, and it makes some pattern. You know what happens if you have a couple of dominoes missing in that line? Stops the whole thing. It's all, it's all been created. It's all, it's all ready. But because there were a couple of dominoes missing, it didn't have its effect. A net that has holes in it doesn't catch the full bounty. And here's what I think. You and I, are that net. We're the net. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. There are few who are ready to go after them. I'm telling you that if we're not careful, we're going to be holy nets and not the holy, holy, holy we were singing about. We're going to be holy nets that if they came, we couldn't catch them. We could lead them to Christ, but then we're not equipped because we're, our nets got holy. We got holes in our net. But we, we can maybe lead them to Christ, but I'm not sure we're ready to keep them with Christ. Because it's a whole lot more than just saying, is it time? Oh, yeah, if you've got kids in the back, go ahead and get your kids. Sorry. It's a whole lot more than just leading someone to have a, say a prayer. As a matter of fact, you may be not going to, you may be not going to transport them out of darkness by that anyway. What they need is a net that says, I'm here. I'm here for you. I'm going to be here for you. If, they, if, if, if what's, what has been prophesied, there's going to be upwards of 300,000 people that have a, 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 a salvitic experience as a result of the sin that are going to be looking for someplace. And I pray that some of them find us here. I pray that some of them find you at your work 
Are you going to be a net for Jesus that says, all right, I'll, I'll link arms with you. And you know a great way, you know a great way to do that is to start doing it now with one another. Is to start hanging out with one another. Is to start going to lunch with one another. It's to start reaching out to those here in this body. And we become a body, a family that are eyes and ears and mouth and feet and hands, all of us different and yet part of one body. And you can't, you're not going to become that by just coming and sitting here week in and week out. There's, there's more to it. I wish I had more friends. You know the old thing. We'll be a friend. But it's scary. What if someone rejects me? What if they don't? We got to start here. We got to start here. Why don't we come in on a Sunday after having a week of bountiful fishing? where we know that God worked through us in such a powerful way and, and me and Gail teamed up and, and we, were, we were having coffee somewhere and this thing happened and you just didn't know that was going to happen, you know? And, and Nancy was there so I wouldn't be there alone with one woman because that's not good, right? My wife wouldn't like that. But my point is we got to come out of our bubble and we've got to come out of our shell We've got to become the family of God that he's called us to be. And I didn't even get to my other scripture. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. Father, thank you that in everything that I said, none of that do we have to do alone. As a matter of fact, you're calling us, you're asking us to come out of our alone place and, and to become joined with other believers who are desperate for relationship. Other believers who are desperate to be seen and known. They don't just want to know you, God. They want to be known by you. And you do that often from one person to another that says, I see you and the Lord sees you. So I'm asking for divine connections today to begin across this room between people who don't even know one another, between people who are here for such a time as this. This was their one time to be here, and they may not ever come back, but they're going to go from here, and they're going to say, I am a laborer for you. I will be a net for you. I will not allow a hole in the net because I wasn't ready or because I was unwilling. Help me, God, to be light. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.